0: This is Strength and Vulnerability, the podcast. It's not easy being vulnerable, but when you are, amazing things happen. Your women share their stories. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, my guest is Kahara McKinney. She is a licensed marriage family therapist, and we're gonna talk about therapy. We're gonna talk about how she herself is vulnerable with her clients, how her mm-hmm. clients open up are, and are vulnerable with her, yeah. the positive things that come out of therapy, also, um, certain communities, there's like a stigma on therapy right. and it's hard to get into the door and open yourself up. So Kahara is here to tell you how to take that first step and the benefits of it. I tell everyone they should do therapy. Yes. It's so positive yes. and proactive and beneficial. Yeah. And I am so excited you're here, Kahara. I've been wanting to do this for a very long time. Yay. So thank you. Thank you for having me, exciting. Yeah, I, I thought I would just, you know, put on something pretty and frilly yeah you today. look great oh thank you yes thank you. Yeah. um well I thank you
1: today which is great
0: Oh mm-hmm. wow! That's you look such very a like glowy. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah, I need to see you every day. You make me feel so good. <laughs> I do. Oh my god! Rosy
1: cheeks and stuff—it really, you know, highlights the outfit.
0: Wow! Yeah. Thank you, Kahara. Oh, no. yes, <laughs> of
1: course.
0: Do you say this to everyone? Um, no. <laughs> That would be awesome. You're the best um, marriage family account therapist. I yeah. I keep like messing that up. M- Licensed marriage. And family therapist. And family therapist mm-hmm. that compliments everyone. Wouldn't health that health. be amazing? That's the yeah. only
1: treatment that I do is yeah. you're fine. Everything's great. Go home. Yeah.
0: I think people would be like, uh, what? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she's actually listening or helping me in yeah. that respect. <laughs> right. Just telling me what I want to hear.
1: <laughs> I do get tons of people that are like, um, are you just saying that to be nice? or oh. you, you know, like they, they have a really hard time with accepting that what I'm saying is the truth. So they want like mm. tough love. And sometimes tough love is
0: not necessary,
1: although I can totally give it. Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Do you find that when your clients come in that – because they obviously come in and sit on the couch and like open themselves up and are extremely vulnerable with you and trust you with their life, mm-hmm. whatever's chaotic things or sad things or depressed. I mean, I'm sure you get the full spectrum sure. as a therapist. But yeah. from them, do you do you find that? for them to be vulnerable and open with you, you yourself also have to be vulnerable to a certain degree?
1: Yeah, you know, part of my training when um, when I first started, what they say is that in order for people to come and want to be open, mm-hmm. you have to build rapport. That That's, uh, that's therapy 101, right? Okay. And so essentially they say sometimes you don't just go straight into the hard stuff. Sometimes you have to get them to warm up a little bit, feel comfortable, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just talk about the weather or talk about whatever is happening in the day. Um, and it does actually really help a little bit you know I think part of part of the the work that I realize that I'm doing is, is a I use this word a lot like a parallel process mm-hmm. I really find that I am growing with the client you know mm-hmm. um, and I think that what that means is that I do have to allow myself permission to be vulnerable um, because if, if I'm not working with them then mm-hmm. they can feel it you know yeah.
0: yeah. Do you find as a therapist, um, and if this is too personal, don't answer, but is it within like the therapy um, trade, do therapists, uh, not requirement, but are encouraged to also see therapists to help them with their own practice?
1: Right. Yeah. They actually, so when you're in school, one of the requirements of my program was that you did get therapy. Oh. Um, You can actually get hours towards your licensure if you go. But you know, it's not something that that's mandatory necessarily, mm. which I feel like it should be because I know a ton of sorry guys, crazy therapists out there, unfortunately. yeah, um, because they are not doing their own work, you know. Oh. Um, so I definitely think that it's something that that we all need to be doing. I, I did it when I first started the program. I also learned through that process not just stuff about myself, but mm-hmm. what I wanted to be as a therapist because mm-hmm. some of what was happening in the room worked and some of it didn't. Um, so, so that was really helpful in terms of context. Mm-hmm. But I think additionally too, um What I realized was what is beneficial ongoing is having like a support system and a support team. So I have um, therapist friends that I talk to when I really need Mm. support or I'm really stuck on something or, you know, I can't leave whatever happened in the room, in the room, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. which happens definitely sometimes. I will call up a friend um, who is a therapist and say, Mm -hmm. talk me through this. What did I do wrong? Or what's happening? Or, you know, and it's really useful to, to feel like I have someone professionally giving me feedback in a way that I can take with me
0: yeah mm-hmm. that I feel like that's so much pressure and weight to see people and know that they are in such a, a case I mean everyone comes in different states but mm-hmm. I would feel more often than not come in a more fragile state mm-hmm. and you really have the opportunity to uplift them mm-hmm. and bring them out of that I hope so yeah yeah I think so I hope so <laughs> Well, I, I know personally, like you speak a lot of being vulnerable for one and Mm -hmm. the importance and the power and the strength behind it, which really, um, served to me as, uh, inspiration to kind of move forward in this way and doing a podcast and, you know, allowing myself to just put myself fully out there, which still frightens me right now. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Even though I've done this a few times, I'm like, it's still a little bit scary, but, um, I I know for myself, like you have told me about really awesome um, authors and researchers, like Brené Brown. Mm-hmm. So how how do you find your inspiration in your? Because you have always really good references of like positive motivational awesome. people to kind of look at and learn from. So where how did that enter into your sphere
1: yeah you know that's a good question I do remember when I was when I was younger um, I was in the self-help aisle in Barnes & Noble you know and that was even before I knew I was gonna be a therapist I actually didn't even think I was gonna do therapy Um, and I would always Get made fun of by my family, like, oh, you and your self help books, you know. Um, so it's always been something that I really loved. But yeah. then I think too, as as I'm doing the work, I've been really lucky to have people say, hey, have you listened to this thing? It sounds like something you've mm. talked about before, or. Mm-hmm. Um, like they they i will hear recommendations from other people or i go on audible and i try to find things that really um, match with and measure up to some of the things that i'm hearing um, from my clients or um, some of the things that i'm trying to get more of an understanding around Um, even some of the books that i've read they've recommended additional books and so um, i think it's just a matter of wanting to have more knowledge and understanding Mm
2: -hmm,
1: mm -hmm. Um, and you know i think even a point of reference that i use often as you know is like um, church sermons that I've heard and things like that. Sometimes at that that uh, that is even really relevant mm-hmm. um, for the work that I'm doing. Like mm-hmm. there are times when I go uh, and I I'll hear a message and I'll be like, I don't know if it really applied for me, but I can definitely use mm-hmm. this in my work. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, so I like to disseminate the information that I get if it's really helpful to me or if it's something that I
0: feel like could be helpful to other people in that way. That's awesome. Yeah, and you definitely. From what I'm hearing, surround yourself with thoughtful and positive people in general. So that would be, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I would, especially in this. I would imagine in this line of work, it's probably very easy to get bogged down by everyone else's troubles
2: oh yeah
0: um, and yeah. I know you've mentioned to me like positive affirmations that you've done mm-hmm. can you what what is the one you do Stanley it was really good and I can't remember it the one that
1: I I was actually just talking to someone about this and one that I realized I, I really needed to put into practice was the um, the one I am enough oh right yeah. I say that one to myself all the time because there are definitely points in time where I am questioning whether or not I'm effective or mm-hmm. because I, I really feel like I've been called to be do this work to be a steward, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm questioning my capacity to do it, then I'm not effective in that case. You know, I can't mm-hmm. be present when I'm I'm stuck on whether or not I'm capable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I really want to make sure that I feel confident enough to deliver the information to the folks in, in the way that I've been like called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one that I use the most. I um, am enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. such a beautiful
0: thought. Yeah, and a true thought. And and. And I remember hard. It, yeah. Hard to internalize.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a hard one to internalize.
0: Yeah. Cause I think you get so many messages, um, that you're not. Right. Exactly. So especially as a woman and especially as a, uh, a young
1: woman of color mm-hmm. and especially in this field, because, um, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of young women of color that, that do this work. Mm-hmm. Even when I was, you know, deciding to be a therapist, my mom was like, you know black folks don't go to therapy. Why are you doing that? And I was like, that's exactly why. Oh, my gosh. You know, so yeah. I, I I felt like um, I needed to do this work because there's yeah. not a lot of people that are that are like me doing it. Yeah. But, of course, it lends to questions about whether or not I have something to offer to people, you know.
0: Well, clearly you do. You run your own practice. I do, so, yeah. But I guess my question, too, is I know – you just mentioned not only are you minority as being a woman, but also a woman of color stepping yeah. outside and starting your own practice on your own. How? What was that journey like for you to make that decision of I'm good enough. I know my, I know my stuff. I'm That's gonna step a out. question.
1: I actually don't feel like I ever <laughs> had that thought oh, no. when I was doing it. Um, I just feel. Cause so, um, I talk about how important values are, mm-hmm. and one of mine is freedom right mm-hmm. and I knew that in order for me to be able to feel at my most free I needed to step out of where I was mm-hmm. um, because the structure of kind of like the corporate setting in therapy is one where they tell you how to practice they tell you how long they tell you who to see they tell you when to see them so it was just so restricted mm-hmm. um, that I felt like I wasn't helping people the way that they needed mm-hmm. more than the way that they were requiring you know Interesting. Um, so I think that that was really the driving force for me to really decide that I needed to get on On my own. Mm -hmm.
2: Um,
1: And I remember the first thing that I did was I got cards, and I was like, if I have a card, then this is a demonstration that I'm committing to myself that I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I got a Psychology Today page, which is uh, how it's like a directory for therapists basically and psychologists. Mm -hmm. And um, I got a call, and I didn't even have an office yet, I wasn't even ready. And so I remember. Luckily, I don't work at that place anymore. <laughs> uh, but I had to use one of those offices, and they didn't oh. know that I was using that office as like a a place to practice. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know, it kind of grew from there. so I, I then had three clients, and I was like, okay, this is real. This is happening. Yeah. I have three clients. Um, yeah. and then it it, it 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 helped to kind of boost my confidence in terms of moving in that direction so I, I felt like the driving force really was for me my values around freedom more than mm-hmm. anything else and mm-hmm. I think if I if I had to compromise that too much I wouldn't have been happy and I wasn't happy where I was you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I really needed to take the next steps and I knew that that was that was gonna be important for me moving forward
0: yeah I think I think that's such an important note too is you knew you were in a place where you weren't supposed to be mm-hmm. and you needed to take the steps I feel like there's so many men and women out there that know they're in a place whether it be their work environment their personal environment totally where it just doesn't quite feel right but it's that step out and a one reason why I love doing this podcast is I really think you can't make that leap of faith Mm -hmm. without being vulnerable yeah. and trusting yourself enough to yeah. put yourself out there fully and just sure. go for what it is you want Yeah agreed. because I, I think that
1: you know even to know what my value is uh, like my values are mm-hmm. um, I had to inspect myself and mm-hmm. see what what was my driving force for mm-hmm. it you know mm-hmm. um, and I think that that requires level a level of vulnerability mm-hmm. I don't think that we can, um, not really explore who we are and mm-hmm. what we want to offer based on our own experiences mm-hmm. um, without having some level of, of Capacity to be vulnerable and to mm-hmm. check in with your authenticity and what feels right? Mm-hmm. Um, because even in my focus about who I see mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that the people that I was working with were people that um to connect on some level to my story, you know? Mm. Um, so I think trauma is a story for everybody. Everybody has trauma, and I wanted to make sure that the folks that I was focusing on were kind of in that realm.
0: I see. Yeah. So if, have you met someone, um, a client, potential client, come in and you're like, we're just not vibing, it's not working? Mm. Has that ever happened?
1: Actually, yeah.
0: Um,
1: I think, though, that more of that is about Um, me like when I Mm -hmm. feel like I can't be authentic and I can't truly be myself in the room Mm -hmm. then those clients never last got it Um, so I think that that's where the I am enough comes in Mm -hmm. right because when I recognize that I am showing up in the room trying to like uh, like Brene Brown says uh, puff up or shrink in some way Mm -hmm. um, I can't really deliver the gift you Mm -hmm. know Um, so I think whenever I I am not connecting with clients it's it's for that reason like Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I can fully be myself in the room. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know your practice, you really focus on being, first of all, very attentive, very understanding, very caring, very nurturing, but you also give really thoughtful homework at the end of every session. And so I don't think that's necessarily normal within all therapists. So how did you come to that conclusion of I want to assign I guess assign my clients something that they can take away and practice at home and practice as soon as they leave here Mm -hmm. to help better themselves and not Mm -hmm. feel like, okay, now we're done. Like, bye. You know, like it's a continuation (laughs) of whatever it is you spoke about and we're trying to work through.
1: Yeah, of course. You know, that's a good question. I think I think it just kind of evolved that way, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it, it was a combination of logistically just trying to figure out how to close out the session, mm-hmm. um, but then also wanting to kind of have something for the person to think about when they're leaving the room, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I tell folks all the time, that's where all the work is happening, is outside of my room, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really just like, Um, the starting point for the work to continue Mm -hmm. Um, and so I want people to have something to focus on when they go out into the world and and what I notice, which I think is like the universe or God or something is that whenever I'm talking about stuff in here Mm -hmm. things are happening outside that kind of correlate or correspond to what we're talking about Mm -hmm. so they are almost like forced to practice the the lessons or the skills or whatever it is that we're talking about and Mm -hmm. it's really interesting that that happens in that way Mm -hmm. so the homework is just kind of like a cherry on top kind of thing like focus on this while you're doing the work outside of the room
0: yeah yeah and what would you that's a really thoughtful answer actually I'm just still processing that um Mm -hmm. what would you say to someone who has never been to therapy before you mentioned earlier especially within the black community therapy isn't necessarily the norm yeah what would you say to someone who is going through something and their friends are like, "Oh my gosh, I don't want to hear about it <laughs> anymore." Um, but they feel like it's looked down on and there's a stigma. A lot of people think there's a stigma attached to anxiety yeah. or depression. Whereas if you know you break your leg, it's totally understandable that you totally. would go and get that fixed. But right. when your mind is and your body are physically hurting yeah. due to and you know depression, anxiety, etc. Yeah, there's that stigma. Like, oh, just you know. Lace up your bootstraps. It's all good. Like get over it. Yeah, it is awful. So what? What would you say to people who are potentially afraid or don't even know where to start?
1: Yeah, you know it's interesting because I grew up in a place where, of course, it was stigmatized, um, but also because we were very religious people Mm -hmm. it was like you go to church and that's where you get it fixed Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. so what even even to this day i have to kind of like uh demystify the thought that therapy is for crazy people Mm -hmm. it actually is not for crazy people Mm -hmm. i think the more normal people are the more that they are open to exploring and introspecting and all of that Mm -hmm. so um what i tell folks all the time is it's something that everybody can use Mm -hmm. and um you don't go to the doctor when you're you you have cancer and you're dying only you go to make sure that you're okay and that you're healthy and that you have the the equipment that you need to go out into the world because the world can be a really terrifying place you know we're on the front Mm -hmm. lines doing the battle and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. it's nice to just have some some place to go where you can think out loud and not feel judged and feel like you're getting ideas outside of maybe what you've already heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's more of a safe place just to do that, not really to like fix something that's wrong necessarily, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but if that, if that's the case, that totally is an added bonus and added benefit too. So yeah, that's what I would tell folks it's, is just go out there and see if there's someone that you can truly connect with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that that's, that's, of the battle is finding a therapist that really you feel like will understand your story and make you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. and be that safe kind of container for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the rest will be easy.
0: I tell everyone they should see a therapist, by the way. Uh, Um, Yay. Yeah. I love that. Especially working in, you know, entertainment, advertising, marketing. It's really high high stakes, high stress. Yeah. Um, Yeah you know and i feel like people need a release yes and they it's i find it super beneficial to have a non-biased third-party licensed and trained person sure. helping along that journey totally um and to your point too it's you know i've heard people say well i tried a therapist and i didn't like them or they were terrible so yeah i'm calling it quits yeah. forever i hear that a lot actually. yeah yeah But I think you're amazing. So how can people find you specifically if they kind of want to take this step? Yeah. Google me, guys. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Well, that's true. That's an easy way, Cara McKinney. Um, That's a super easy way. I'll obviously have a link so you can click on it. um, Um, But Psychology
1: Today is a really great uh, place to find um, therapists in general. So Mm. I'm on Psychology Today at psychologytoday.com. Open Path is also a really good place for folks to find low cost therapy, mm. and if they have insurance, um, going through their insurance carrier is also a really good place to go to. Um, I also recommend, in in uh, in line with what you're saying, to do, like, have interviews with Mm -hmm. people, you know, Mm -hmm. folks, um, folks need to be consulting with folks before they meet in the room and make sure Mm -hmm. they're a good fit and Mm -hmm. that they have the right training and the right focus and Mm -hmm. all that, um, that will really make them feel like it's going to be worth them going and and meeting someone. Mm -hmm. Um, so every therapist is willing to consult over the phone at a minimum to just kind of check in and say, this is what I have to offer. I, I highly recommend people do that for sure.
0: That's so helpful. And I, You mentioned open path because I know some people, a lot of people I've been told who really do want to see a therapist, they just don't have a lot of money. So open path is that... A magazine is it a website No,
1: yeah it's a website it's called open path collective um, and what they do is they offer therapy for uh, a low rate of thirty five to eighty dollars per session mm-hmm. um, and I recommend that to a lot of people that are really wanting um, like low-cost therapy because I think that it should be accessible to people you know yeah um, it's
0: it's a real problem that it's not oh gosh, considered it's yeah a lot of insurances yeah. don't even cover it which again you break your leg and obviously you're going to get that fixed but right. depression is it can really you can waste away in depression yeah. and there's not uh, yeah recognized so as much yeah yep yep
1: i agree and I, I think um you know accessibility is really important for people wanting to go out and 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 um and get the help that they need mm-hmm. because I think the lack of accessibility actually turns people off too, you know? So I've heard people say, I finally got over the hurdle of the stigma mm-hmm. and I'm going out there and everybody is turning me away and rejecting me. Um, so I think being able to know that there is a resource or resources out there where there's a, a lot of people that are available more than maybe we thought mm-hmm. is really, really useful.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's so helpful. I I have the utmost respect for therapists, um, just to take that and to have that drive to really want to help people and to Mm -hmm. uplift them and get them out of you know their state because I I definitely feel like you know when it comes to mental depression anxiety etc there are so many avenues to improve your mental health yeah and that it's just so important that I just hate that there's a stigma around that. I know. A stigma around supporting others Mm. to really support themselves and and to better themselves. We would
1: just be so much healthier as a society if it were more more widely accepted. Yeah. Um, Because I think that what happens is, is we get stuck in like the pattern of our families or whatever you know we have seen Mm -hmm. and sometimes therapy helps to kind of broaden the viewpoint Mm -hmm. um, and that uh, the perspective a little bit so that you can do something that's outside of what the norm is Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that that in and of itself you don't have to be a sick person necessarily to want to have that oh absolutely Um, and and I think that if we could just kind of really kind of Um, encourage people not to think of therapy as a place where only sick people go, Mm -hmm. I think that that would be a really good step in the right direction.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And even what it, I know women specifically, I know a million women who have their own self-esteem issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I myself have self-esteem issues. I think every female on this planet has self-esteem issues, right? And so even to combat that and to be present and to put yourself out there, it's that step of saying, I'm going to allow myself to be vulnerable. Right. It's like step one. And then yes. step two is the wanting to receive and be open enough to get help. That's a good point. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure you get people come in who are just like, I'm here because my parents dragged me here and I'm just <laughs> going to sit here and look at you and you're like, okay, cool. Actually don't take those people. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> j-
1: just kidding. <laughs> No, yes, that's true. When I used to work in the agency, actually, I had a lot of people that were um, court-ordered to come. Oh. And so they were like, I'm just here because I have to do the court order. And it was really, really difficult. So, the, so with those people, mm-hmm. rapport-building was kind of critical, right? Mm-hmm. And I think um, destigmatizing the process was even further, more, like, more critical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely think that there are that group of people that need to know that it's, it's not that bad. Therapy's not that bad yeah and there are therapists out there that are normal too and Mm -hmm. want to make you feel comfortable and want to do whatever they can to you know make sure that you're getting the support that you need and Mm -hmm. so I agree with you I think I think it's a a, it's really important that we know that therapy is is a resource a positive Mm -hmm. resource that everybody can really benefit from and we can tap into it more often, we'd be so much better as people. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I always think if you, some people make the joke like, oh, my bartender is my therapist or, you (laughs) know, that's great, but now you're abusing a substance when really (laughs) you could be tapping into the real issue and then get over that hurdle and improve your life.
1: Exactly. That's just my opinion. (laughs) Exactly.
0: There's nothing wrong with drinking, obviously, but if that's... Sometimes a glass and wine. It helps. <laughs> it does help. I, myself, enjoy a glass or two. Or three, depending. Right. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, depending on the day. But, yeah. Uh... <laughs> but there's other help out there I think is the, yeah. the important piece. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that too, if people are using their bartender to get support and therapy, then why not go the extra step to mm-hmm. get the therapist, you know? Because yeah. I think it's a very vulnerable thing to talk about your your stuff anyway. Oh absolutely. Um, so I think if you can be vulnerable with someone that is serving you drinks, you can totally be vulnerable with someone that's yeah in the room wanting to support one, actually wanting to support
0: yeah and is trained to do that who has a license who went to school for it who is devoting their time and their career exactly and their energy and their own you know Yeah. yeah yeah well yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt it's you. Okay. It's okay, I'm disagreeing. <laughs> You're like, yes, I do a lot. You do, you do so much. Um.
1: No, I was, just I was just agreeing with you. I think that it's true. It's um, just thinking about those poor bartenders.
0: <laughs> what are they telling people? yeah that is a great question yeah i i don't actually frequent bars that much i'm not i'm more of a i just want a glass of wine and you know hang out with the girlfriends or whatever yeah. kind of person but
1: even that's therapeutic
0: though oh yeah you know oh yeah a wine sesh with my girlfriends oh is, my gosh yeah because
1: yeah. Yeah. even just being in the comforts of like the people that you love and care about and that mm-hmm. know you and mm-hmm. that too is therapeutic but you know, again, going the extra step and getting some additional person that you can unload on and not feel obligated to take on their stuff too.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very important. That's a huge note not to take on their own, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I feel like oftentimes you speak with someone and then you kind of carry their burdens and their worries on you. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Just completely. If you're already overwhelmed. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and you know on. what too? Cause I, I, I hear a lot of my clients, a lot of my like stronger more independent clients um I do hear them saying things like I don't want to tell anybody my problems because they're going to come to me with theirs right um so they don't feel like they can communicate what what their need is because Mm -hmm. they feel like in return they're going to get the other person's need back
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: sometimes again therapy is really just a place where you can say this is my need and Mm -hmm. then that's the focus Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um so that's another kind of like benefit of therapy and all that good stuff too
0: yeah, you walk in in your room and you just talk about your needs and your wants. Yeah, and yeah, you just listen and give thoughtful feedback. Yeah, because I'm not gonna be like, let me tell you about me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you could, but I don't think you'd have many clients come back. Right. If they're like, "Jeez, Kahara, she has a the lot to unload." Yeah, <laughs>
2: It'd be terrible. Ooh.
0: <laughs> But no, you are an amazing therapist, <laughs> thank you. and I want to just say thank you so much for taking the time for being on my podcast. Thank you and so again, much for having me. And you were definitely like the spark that got me going in terms Yay. of starting this, and yeah, I feel honored to oh, be a part of your process. Always, thank, so you. thank you so much for letting me thank, be a part of it. And of course, and encouragement
1: for you. That's yeah, awesome.
0: thank you, and thank you guys so much for watching. Until next time, bye. This wasn't so bad, right? No, I think yeah. it's great. Yeah,
2: yeah.